Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hello. How good is it to be alive? It's so good to be here. This is the first one we've recorded together in a little while. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. I've that- missed you. We've missed you too. Deep within my soul. We've missed your face, Jess. I have been the most depressed I've ever been in my life, and never leave me again. I'm so sorry to hear it. <laughs> oh my gosh. These have been... Some of the worst weeks of my entire existence. Huh? I felt empty. Oh, my God. I was lost. I roamed the streets. Well, if it makes you feel any better, there wouldn't have been a day that went by where Dave and I didn't think and talk of you. Fondly right. or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't go into details. <laughs> That's right. I mean, some days we were really sticking to the <laughs> Can you believe what she wears to the recordings? We were very, very unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> It's mostly about your fashion choices. Yeah. But apart from that, we really, really missed you. Um, so, I mean, the episodes have still been coming out. We yeah. did a bunch in advance. So Matt and I went to the UK to do some uh, book cheat and who knew it with Matt Stewart podcasts. And uh, there was one day where we were listening back to one of our episodes that was about to go up mm-hmm. that night. Uh, and, you know, making sure that, you know, it was all ready for upload. So we were driving through Bristol. It was the Night Witches episode. The, and, and we were listening to it at night, at 10 yeah. o'clock at night, driving through the tight, tight streets of Bristol. Ooh. And, Jess, your voice came on and we both thought at the same time, I miss Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it out loud and Matt said, I was just thinking that. Uh, it's very funny and very sweet. Um, but, yeah, to the listeners, um, there's been very little change. So that's um, right. let's not harp on about our feelings no, too long. That's right. You know? They don't if, want to hear it. If they do want to hear any of our uh, feelings, feelings, uh, they can hear them on uh, book, book Cheat Live from Glasgow uh, mm-hmm. with Corrie Will. We talked about The Hound of the Baskervilles, a Sherlock oh, Holmes special. I know that one. And uh, yeah, a couple of the Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's uh, have gone up as well. The one from 
fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> Leeds and the one from, where's the other place? What was the last place we... Uh, Bristol. Bristol. You just mentioned it. Mm. And uh, yeah, unfortunately... That was f- very fun. The Birmingham episode is having some technical issues sound-wise, but um, hopefully... Fingers yeah. crossed. It wouldn't be a pod tour if at least one episode didn't have what? some technical sound <laughs> issues. Possibly two. The London book sheet is also <laughs> looking a bit sus, but you know, okay. we're trying to, That's to all get right. the recording going. We'll get there. But, but we're back. Great time. We're back together. Bigger, better, better than ever. And um, the way this show works, Matt, what is... How would you describe it? I was really hoping that one of you would describe it. I've got it. while I've forgotten. Each week, one of the three of us goes away, reports, uh, researches a topic. They bring that research back to the other two who listen politely and never interrupt with silly little riffs. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. That rings a bell. Yeah. And we usually uh, get onto topic with a question. It is Dave's turn to, to... Report on his research this week. Dave, do you have a question? Okay, my question for you is, what kind of... Dave, I asked if you have a question. Sorry, my answer to your question is yes. Okay, great. Now please ask your question. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> so it's been a while for me as well, obviously. Yeah, you've forgotten how to have a conversation and be polite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I have and we're back. <laughs> okay, my question is, what kind of animal was Clever Hans? Clever Hans. Oh, oh horse. <laughs> it's right. It's yes. a horse. Yes. What do you know, Clever Hans? Uh, incredibly vaguely. Oh my goodness, I'd never heard of Clever Hans before. I feel I like saw it in the hat. Yeah, well, I must have seen it in the hat at some point. A horse. I'm sorry, I didn't do any joke answers. I just wanted a point. Great, Matt. Just a joke answer. Just one for a bit of fun. Um, what about? Um... <laughs> Come on, a joke animal. A uh, joke animal. What's the funniest animal? Okay, what about a quokka? Oh <laughs> Good one. That's a funny animal. That's funny. I love them. What would you say? What's a funny? A beaver. Oh, yeah, beavers, beavers are, funny. are pretty funny, yeah. I think of the quokka as the Australian beaver. Yeah, the Australian yeah beaver. I agree. I saw a video recently, a TikTok, of a of a beaver being <laughs> fed with a syringe and the milk runs out. Heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fed heroin. <laughs> heroin in milk. And then the milk runs out and the beaver's like making this very cute squeaking noise and trying to get more milk out of it and fighting with the, the wrangler who's trying to get the syringe out. It's very cute. <laughs> I was like, fuck, beavers are cute. Anyway. They are cute, but they're not clever like a horse. Yes. Like clever Hans. Oh, my God. Exciting. A I'm, clever horse. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed you've heard of this. Uh, Matt, how about you? Do you know any knowledge of the Hans? No. I'm guessing is a German horse based on the name Hans. It, it is a German horse. Well done. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm guessing maybe he, uh, <laughs> he clops once. If he thinks Germany will win the next World Cup game, he'll <laughs> clop twice. If he thinks it'll be a draw. You are not far off. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's that, but maybe slightly more impressive. Anyway, let's talk about it. In the summer of 1904, a horse called Clever Hans and its owner were the main topic of conversation in all of Berlin. So hang on, the horse's name is Hans and then it's later been given the title of Clever Hans or the horse's name is Clever Hans? Like It's it's mostly just Hans, but people have... Okay, great. Nicknamed, yeah. I just wanted to check. That's right, it's not nominative determinism. Right. Yeah, okay. That's right. It wasn't a race horse, they just named Clever Hans. Yeah. And yeah, it like, actually, out. Let's, let's quiz this horse. <laughs> let's see if this horse is clever. But why were they the topic of conversation? Well, let's find out. Our non-horse-based main character in this story is a man named Willem von Osten. Oh, that's a good name. I love Willem. Mm. Willem. And anything von. Willem. Could be Willem. Wilhelm, I guess some people say, but... Oh. 
But that's I never knew that was the same thing. I don't think so it, it is, looks like Wilhelm. I think Willem Dafoe might be spelled slightly different. Anyway, Wilhelm Willem, either way. I think Willem Dafoe's real name is William, and for some reason he just started yeah, calling himself Willem. I think Willem. that is true. I mean, he is very good at playing the weirdest people you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's not an act. What do you mean? I think Green Goblin's really cool. <laughs> very normal. Well, that weird character from Speed 2 that's like got a bunch of leeches in the bath. What's he doing with that? I don't remember that either. No one's seen Speed 2. No, exactly. That's probably why. I'm a, I'm a speed purist. But yeah. he's good. You think, because Dennis Hopper, very hard act to follow. I think the best bad guy ever in Speed 1. Speed 2, Willem takes it to the next level yeah, in terms great. of insanity at least. <laughs> yeah, cool. Leeches in a bar. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, Wilhelm von Austin, Willem von Austin, was a high school mathematics teacher who was into science. Mm-hmm. Including phrenology, the now discredited pseudoscience that used the measurement of bumps on the skull to predict mental traits. Mm. Bumps on the skull. Mm. And I, don't also, think, I don't think you should have bumps on your skull. Well, I do. <laughs> Back here. There's one. Oh, what's that? What's that? <laughs> the sign of a genius. <laughs> no, I think you've just hit your head. <laughs> Ow. You were right. <laughs> but he was interested in science nonetheless. Uh, von Austin lived in northern Berlin in a five-story house. Which is too tall. And in the backyard. Agreed. All those stairs. It's two to five stories. It's so funny because as a kid, I lived in a single story house and double story houses seemed like oh my God, the pinnacle. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. I wanted stairs. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and now I live in the third floor of an apartment building and I'm like, these fucking stairs. <laughs> I hate them. Your dream come true. Yeah. But they're beautiful stairs. They're beautiful stairs. I love that uh, building. I think it's all very nice. It was a nice building. And those, yeah, the stairs, the tiles. Yeah, but up fantastic. and down them all the time. Oh my God, he's trying to take the bins out. Got to do it well, stairs. There's... Maybe there's a reason why you've got the strongest legs in the game. <laughs> That's true. right. That's where it all came from. Yeah. I th- before you moved into there, your legs were weak. Yeah. Weak little pins. You were just average podcaster legs, yeah. but now you've got the strongest legs in podcasting. That's true. That's true. You're right. Was that, was that a, a category that was missed at the podcast awards this year? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm furious about yeah, it. Yeah, I know Jess, Jess hasn't said anything, but she um, should I've, be furious. Yeah, I've written some angry letters. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you. <laughs> So he lived in a five-story house, in, and in the backyard he kept a horse. The horse's name was Hans, and he was an Orlov Trotter. Orlov Trotter. Which is, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Okay, and I, obviously I know heaps about horses. Mm. Um, yeah, are you going to tell us more about Orlov Trotters? Oh, I've got a couple of paragraphs right here. Fantastic. Right. Orlov Trotter, it's the most famous Russian horse. Hmm. That's where I knew it from. Yeah, Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the breed was developed in Russia in the late 18th century by a man called Count Alexei Orlov. Thought, it's so funny to talk about it like it's an app or something. Yeah, yeah. we developed this horse. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, what we it. did is we made that horse fuck that horse and uh, we just saw what happened. Oh, what do you do? I'm a horse developer. Yeah. You're just watching horses fuck, yeah, aren't I think you? you're just a bit of a perv. <laughs> That horse is quite fast, but that horse is quite sexy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're developing anything, it's a boner. <laughs> <laughs> you perv, Orlov. What a well, perv. he's notable for a few a few things, Orlov. Uh, one is breeding Orlov trotters, and the other one is promoting the Orlov chicken. <laughs> promoting oh, <no>. it <laughs> to what, the <laughs> junior vice president? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of saluting a chicken. <laughs> he's, he's well known for it because he, he lost his mind <laughs> and he gave a chicken a plum job at the <laughs> factory. It is an insane CV, isn't it? I created a horse. I promoted a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go to a meeting and a chicken walks into the suit. <laughs> yeah. 
Taking notes. The count's like, it's all right, he's with me. Now I'm imagining a chicken in a suit, and that's really cute. Yeah. Pecking at a PowerPoint presentation. So it's it's even weirder because the Olaf Trotter, he basically he created that horse by crossbreeding. But the chicken, that already existed, but he just promoted it by being a, a big fan of this a hot man yeah, of the chicken. Like, we should use more of this chicken. <laughs> so hey, weird. everybody. They all checked out this chicken over here. Oh Get around this chicken. I love this chicken. <laughs> this is a good chicken. Going from town to town, setting up a little market stall. <laughs> But we heard the good word of, of this chicken. <laughs> Knocking buckets of KFC out of people's hands. It's the wrong kind of chicken. <laughs> so what's the right kind of chicken according to Olaf? The Olaf chicken. Oh, he named it and yeah. Oh man. <laughs> he couldn't he have at least like made it fuck one other kind of chicken <laughs> yeah. just to get a slight oh. variation to call his own. Can't his, improve perfection. His <laughs> chicken fucked his horse. Wow. Oh, <laughs> chicken horse. A horse? Yeah. Oh, it'd be sad. It'd be a horse or that a can't hicken? fly. <laughs> a hicken. Hicken can't fly. That would be sad. Wouldn't that be sad? That's tragic. Because mm. its wings wouldn't be strong enough. Yeah. I mean, chicken wings aren't strong enough to even fly a chicken. Mm. That'd be really battling to get any sort of leverage from a yeah. horse. No, he's right. Right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so he did both. The of Pegasus them. dream. We'll have to wait <laughs> another day. Uh, Count Orloff did both of these things in retirement, but in his career, he had helped Catherine the Great. Overthrow Tsar Peter III, and then his family became very powerful in the Russian court. One of his missions, so I did a bit of reading about him and I found this interesting. One of his missions was to take care of a so called pretender to the Russian throne, now known to history as Princess Tarkanov, which translates roughly in Russian to Princess Cockroach. Um, No one was calling, she wasn't calling herself that at the time. People nicknamed her that because they thought she was a. Basically, pretending that she was an heir to the throne and Catherine the Great, who was on the throne, did not like that. So she trusted Count Orlov with taking care of Princess Cockroach. Wow. Oh. This guy really does have a wild <laughs> yeah, CV. Was, and this is, this is his plan. He seduced Princess Cockroach and then tricked her into boarding a boat to Russia with him where she was arrested and then soon died in prison. Oh, wow. wow. Count Orlov, your dog. That's yeah, that's a real dog act. Yeah. Jeez. Not happy about that at all. Yeah, and then uh, he went on to watch chickens and horses. And sure. how, how do you get from pretend heir to the throne to cockroach? If she, like, survived a nuclear holocaust, I'd get the nickname. But Yeah. I think it's more like Princess Cockroach, Princess Dirtbag over here. Yeah, right. Because right, they're dirty. Yeah, trying to be a bit, bit rude. Nobody likes cockroaches. They're yuck. Oh. Sorry to any cockroaches listening. And isn't, isn't that the Sydney... <laughs> Rugby team's nickname, the cockroaches. Um, but maybe that started as pejoratively from Queensland. Yeah, isn't it cockroaches and cane toads? Yeah, right. One when their sides clash. Yeah. Maybe they've sort of yeah. What would we be then? Something real clean and nice, I reckon. Um. Hmm. Yeah. What's what's the cleanest animal? Yeah, it's real clean. Probably the beaver. Yeah, the beaver. (laughs) Beaver. (laughs) Sorry, it's on my mind. So anyway, that's a bit of an early detail there, but Hans, the clever horse, yes. or soon to be, is an Orlov Trotter. Right. So a rare Russian horse, owned by Wilhelm von Osten, and according to Hestersaga.com, an Icelandic horse website that I found. <laughs> I think Hester is a 
is a, a word that means horse in Icelandic. Uh, one day, as Mr. Austin was returning home from a ride in his carriage, he noticed that his horse, Hans, was making a wide turn without being asked so that the carriage could pass through the narrow driveway without any problems. Austin was sure that this behavior showed that horses were capable of independent thought. So he began to get excited about the idea from then on and looked for ways to support his thesis. Hmm. He's like, oh, that ho- horse made itself get out of the way. It's pretty clever. Yeah. Did, did not, horses not have independent thought? Maybe just didn't. Re- they didn't know back then. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think he's more like, if it can learn that on its own, what could I teach but it? I'm not sure oh. it did learn it. It on its just own. an instinctive thing, I would have yeah. thought. I would actually have thought that the carriage driver probably made the horse pull, you know, go wide. Oh. And did that so many times, then the horse knew to do that. Mm. That's just how you train animals to do stuff is repetition and reward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you get a dog to sit down and then you say sit and now it knows how to sit. Oh. You know what I mean? That's how I learn how to sit. Yeah. Someone, T- took me a while, but someone, I got there. So I'm dangling a treat over your head. <laughs> Sit. Yeah. I'll do it now without even a treat. Forcing your head up so your bum goes down. That's how, <laughs> that's how you do it with dogs. You don't force their head up. You hold a treat above their nose uh, and they sit down because they're dumb. But they're so cute. Well, they're the best. So Austin, Hans's owner, decided to try and teach his horse a few new tricks. He taught the horse... Sit. No, no, no sitting is oh mentioned. Oh, my God. No rolling over. Imagine a horse sitting down. Yeah. So weird. Like cross legged. <laughs> Reading a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In an armchair. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that actually. Yeah. He haught the he he haught the horse. He taught the horse. Uh, left and right by guarding it with a carrot. So fairly, fairly similar to what you're saying there. And when the horse went for the carrot, he'd say, That's left hands or that's right. I was also teaching it English. Or probably German. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's all been translated. Yeah, yeah. And then he continued with up, down, forward, and stop. So he's teaching the those words so that when he says those words, he'll mm, do them. Yeah. Eventually, the horse was able to. He was able to say left or right, and the horse would respond even without the treat. Yeah. Right. And this is um, this is noteworthy. I'm guessing. Well, it's getting there. Okay. No, I'm I'm gen- I don't know. I don't know horses. I know you probably look at me and go, "This is a horse." That's man. a horse, a horse guy man. right there. But I actually don't know horses that well. Okay. Do you know a horse? I've met a, a few horses okay. in my time, mm-hmm. definitely. But um, nice. I've never got to know them that well. Yeah. You know, I never spent that much time yeah, with them. Yeah, you've really got a, you've got a wall up. Yeah. You don't Why let you, horses in. You just op- open yourself up to their beautiful faces. Well, yeah. I'm, afra- I'm afraid, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've broken hearts before and we all know how big a horse heart is. Yeah. And I just couldn't stand the thought of breaking one of them big old And you're saying hearts. that like... like <laughs> I you're... another word for heart. You're keeping people and horses away because you don't want to hurt their hearts. But I think there might be a little part of you that's protecting your big horse heart. Hey? Hey. The biggest horse heart of all mm. was in you the whole time. Oh, my God. You've made me see something that was right in front of me all along. That's, right. yeah. that's not a horse. That's a mirror. That's a man. <laughs> <laughs> After we finish up today, I'm going to go hug a horse. Yeah. Hey, how about this? Instead of saying nay, say... Yes. Oh. Say yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's a good nice. Point. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So I will finish up and then we'll go hug some horses. I'm yeah. sure there's plenty around in Brunswick. Yeah. There's probably, there's probably a five story house with a the horse, horse out in the, the back. back. <laughs> so he taught it left, right, up, down, forward, and stop, which, you know, is, is kind of significant. It's pretty, pretty good. Yep. Austin then had plans to teach Hans to count. Remember, Austin is a math teacher. 
But again, according to Hester Saga, unfortunately, Hans died suddenly due to an intestinal blockage. What? Sadly, that was the end for Hans. But only the beginning for its owner, Van Osten. What? What? So, hang on, we're like 10 minutes in and the horse is dead. <laughs> yeah. This is why I never get close to horses. <laughs> they just die they suddenly. They just die. Of intestinal blockages. I'll let you down. By the- it was all blocked up, needed to poop. What if I told you that that was Hans... One. Oh my god. Hans the first. The OG though. The OG, exactly. Special place in my Original. heart. Uh, so he's, I want, is he going to fake it like it's a kid's goldfish? Or is he going to... Mm. <laughs> but he's tricking himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Van Osten truly believed that animals had much more cognitive ability than humans gave them credit for. And he aimed to prove his theory. To continue his research, the maths teacher decided to try and teach mathematics to different animals. To see... What it would, who it would stick with. I'm, I'm struggling to get to. So, at this point, science did underestimate animals, or is this guy a quack? I can't figure out. <laughs> I can't figure out if this guy is doing great work because in 1904 people didn't realize this stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't figured it out. You out. You're like, yeah, of course, of course, a horse can do math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine the time when we didn't know. <laughs> So hang on, in 1904 they didn't know horses could do maths. <laughs> Fuck, that was so stupid back then. I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Right. Yeah. I think they probably did underestimate uh, animals' abilities, but also perhaps he's a little bit of a quack. Yeah. Okay. I reckon, he reckons that he can teach them anything. Right. And oh. I think they're hilarious. He reckons he's, soon he's going to be able to have a chat with his horse. Yeah. And see, Matt, I reckon in this day and age, I, I, think, that's a bit, I don't think that's quite possible. Right, okay. But I have taught my dog bedtime. And he takes himself to bed. See, you know? Exactly. There's some cognitive ability there. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's very cute. Yeah, I've I taught mean, him I... how to open door. Well, push open doors. If you teach it, you say bedtime and he goes to bed. Yep. I tell myself bedtime and I do not go to exactly. bed. Exactly. I sit on my phone for another 45 minutes <laughs> and, and then regret it. I really should go to bed. Yeah, but it... Scroll, scroll, scroll. Goose never does that. He never does that. He doesn't have a phone. He's only two. He doesn't get a phone until he's four. (laughs) 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 So Van Austin's like, all right, I'm going to try a few animals. First up, he tried a cat who gave him nothing. Yes, because cats are assholes. (laughs) And I say that with love to the cat lovers. I'm sure the cat was like, yeah, I could do that, but I will not. (laughs) 100%. Cats live their life in their terms. They're definitely capable of independent thought. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Cats are so smart and they also... Just look at you and go, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me. It's funny that he, he he his observation was that this horse was capable of independent thought. And he's like, how can I harness this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harness this horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I want to make. Horsepower. <gasps> is that what horsepower I get is? It. <laughs> Finally, you get it. Oh, I drive a. A Mustang. It's got a lot of horsepower, which means independent thought. This guy's got a mind of its own. It parks itself. I might be there in 20 minutes. It could take me years. I don't know. It's really up to the car. I've got to beg the car. Please. Please. I've got an appointment. I'm running late. (laughs) I shouldn't have got this car. Please. I'll just get the tram. So he tried a cat, gave her nothing. Then he tried a bear. Where did he get a fucking bear from? That's quite a jump. It is a huge yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah. It goes cat, raccoon, mm. <laughs> small dog, bear. Yep. big dog, <laughs> leopard, 
Bear. Bear. Okay, right. He skipped all of those. He went straight to Bear, who apparently was also not on board with learning the numbers. And I think that Van Austin probably also was lucky to escape with his life. Right. <laughs> Trying to teach a bear to do maths. <laughs> okay. It's because then- he started to complicated. He gave the bear a whiteboard, mm. whiteboard marker. <laughs> Very complicated uh, equation on the board. Said, well. And it's like, well, you got to start with the basics. Yeah, come on. Okay. So funny, he figured he figured this out based on a horse, mm. and then he's gone so far away from horses. Because yeah. I think he tried a horse and went, "Oh, that worked." The horse died. You know what? Maybe you can do it with anything. Turns out you can't. So he went back to another horse. <laughs> okay. Which again he named Hans. <sighs> this time Hans was an Arabian stallion, Ooh. and this time the maths seemed to stick. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Van Austin was able to write a number on a blackboard and then teach Hans to tap his foot until it reached the right number. He'd write three and then Hans Hans would tap three times. One, two, three. So, yeah, that's pretty good. So, it's a net, he, no, so he, I, can see, he can read, basically. Read numbers, yeah. yeah and then also um, the owner would say three. Oh, okay. Two, three. But the next step was to... Wait, he, he, so there's no point of having it on the board then if he's also saying it. I think and eventually he can do recognize well, the horse has to know how to pronounce the number. Oh, yes, yeah, but re- eventually he can recognize <laughs> the symbols because the next step was teaching Hans symbols for arithmetic. And pretty soon the horse was able to do basic equations and then give the correct answers for basic square roots and even fractions. Get fucked. That's that's I can't pretty do smart. that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I have independent thought, Matt. Do I have independent thought? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll allow Almost. it. <laughs> I'll allow it. If asked by his master, Wilhelm von Austen, what is the sum of three plus two? The horse... Hang on. Okay, how many times would you tap your hoof, Jess? I would tap my hoof. Three plus two. Five times. Bingo. Yes. You're as smart as a horse. Yes. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip. <laughs> yeah, he did it, he did well it. Done. He can't, counts his hooves. Zero was expressed by a shake of the head. Oh. None. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Uh, Van Austin started to show off Hans' skill with live street shows. <laughs> He's and, busking. Honestly, and soon large crowds gathered all over Germany to watch Hans. He took it on the road, who had expanded his repertoire to tell the time, keep track of the days of the week and the calendar, differentiate between musical tones, and apparently read, spell, and understand German. What? It's all, it's handy actually because I mean his sort of his busking act is his horse, but that is also his transport to the oh, busking yeah. locations. Absolutely fantastic. That's convenient. But what, what eventually Hans became such a star that he started riding Van Austen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The power shifts and that can be hard to navigate, yeah. but I think the best thing to do is let your horse ride you. Our show is it? Our show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, maybe I don't feel like doing yeah, maybe, our show yeah, today. Yeah, maybe you could go out and do our show on your own tonight. Yeah. Oh, you're just going to go out there and tell the time, are you? That's very interesting. Everybody will definitely be throwing you money oh, for that. Here's a 50-year-old man that can spell. <laughs> oh, wow, he knows what day of the week it is. Spare me. So the horse he could spell. That's a pretty fun act, though. It would be pretty funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? an old man doing basic things. I'd love to watch that. And then sort of bowing in between. Yeah. <laughs> You there, ask me what day of the week it is. <laughs> it is a Thursday. <laughs> Honestly, that would be great. That's I'd fun. enjoy that more than the horse. <laughs> That's because you are a bit scared of horses by the sounds of it. No, no, I, I'm scared of getting close to a horse. Yeah. yeah, that's right. People say you shouldn't walk behind a horse. Yeah. 
I won't walk in front of a horse. Okay. I'd prefer to walk behind it because uh, if you, if you, the horse can't see you, it can't hurt you. Right. Emotionally. emotionally. Physically, yeah, it certainly can. You'd rather can. get yeah. uh, kicked by a horse than yeah. emotionally hurt by a horse. Yes. Uh, I know which one stings more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or a broken face versus a broken heart. Mm. Yeah. I know which one I'll take. Only one's ever killed someone. You, uh, you, you did a similar thing. Uh, you used to ride your act to busking didn't you back in the day mm. what was that again <laughs> <laughs> back in my unicycle days unicycles that's right <laughs> you, oh, yeah you did a that. fantastic unicycle act and then we got a little too big could you unicycle tell the time yeah <laughs> impressive genuinely impressive yeah it actually was at, at exactly one o'clock every day it would kick me off the unicycle <laughs> it would buck if you will <laughs> it's my time <laughs> So dispel the horse would stamp his foot once for A, twice for B, three oh times for C, etc. Oh, it takes so brutal. long. Man, and when he said his favourite band was ZZ Top, oh, it took <laughs> forever. <laughs> Bit of fun there. Um, <laughs> but he became such a spectacle that in 1904, the New York Times wrote a lengthy article on him titled Berlin's Wonderful Horse. <laughs> 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 and then it's uh, the subheadline is he can do almost everything but talk. How he was taught. And then it went through. Wow. So the article. Everything but talk. That's a lot of things. Yeah. Can use a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes. So the article uh, notes how it all came about. It says Hans, the wonderful stallion, is nine years old. The horse has never been used for riding or driving. <laughs> Okay. Ah, there you go. Zero kilometers on the on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> For over four years, von Austin has given the animals systematic instructions, such as he would give a child. It says, some years ago, the neighbourhood was astonished by observing that tra- the training which van Austin gave his animal. They beheld him and Hans at a certain hour of the day, standing in the court before a blackboard and a counting machine. Von Austin. Undismayed by ridicule, for by his method, (laughs) he had gained the reputation of being an old crank. Yeah, that sounds about right. Instructed the stallion by showing him the balls on the machine and influencing how to indicate a number by stamping down his right hoof. After Van Austen had taught Hans this simple language, the foundation for further education was established. He put before him gold, silver, and copper coins and taught him how to indicate gold pieces by one movement of the foot, silver with two, Copper with three steps. When, for example, three coins were placed in a row, Hans stamped down his foot three times when asked the number. Okay. What? He could also indicate the value of each coin. Tap once for one mark, two for two marks, three for three, etc. Yeah, that's getting pretty impressive. Okay. He could also answer in fractions, as I said before. What? Again, from the New York Times, he answers correctly the numbers of how many fours in eight? How many fours in eight, Jess? Oh, my God. Uh, Two. How many in 16? No! Stop asking me! <laughs> what about this one? The horse just runs away. Yeah, panics. <laughs> oh. How many fours in 30? Oh, you're asking me? Mm. I no idea. Oh, he's doing fractions. He's doing, he's doing fractions. There's no way I could figure that out. Bloody hell. That's pretty impressive. For example, so when he was asked to say it was seven and a half. Sure. But when asked how many threes there are in seven, he stamps down his foot twice, okay? And then takes a piss. And that, <laughs> that's the fraction. That's it. <laughs> and then once more for the fraction. All right. Okay. Wait, hang on. So 
So the a fraction is the same signal as one. It feels, feels like he's just... Just a lot of stomping. He's interpreting it? the stomping. Yep, that was right. <laughs> I think it had to do something else. <laughs> yep, perfect. Perfect. That's, that's what I was thinking. Eight. I didn't finish the question yet, but that's it. That's right. That's 18 exactly stomps. Right. That's right. Yeah, that is that, that does mean uh, six because every stomp is worth a third. Yeah. At this time. <laughs> Round of applause, please. <laughs> what a clever horse. Clever hands. Apparently, he could even recognize paintings and stamp out the painter's name. Wow. What? That's now we're getting to pretty impressive stuff. If we believe it. Do you believe it? Because every so between every letter, how long do you stop before he goes on? Or is he like just he just keeps stomping and goes, All right, that was the that was the B. A. (laughs) D, yes. Uh, A again. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Madam. (laughs) Adam. Uh, Adam. Oh, Adam. My friend who painted this, Adam. Oh, well done, horse. Adam is, of course, the nickname that the horse uses for Monet. (laughs) Of course, they were very good friends. (laughs) This horse and Monet. Adam Monet. Adam Monet. You don't know the work of Adam Monet? Adam Monet. That's on you, isn't it? Called Monet's younger brother, Adam (laughs) Monet. I'm sorry, you're such a philistine. I'm sorry, I thought I was talking to a cultured audience. Hmm. Come along, horse. <laughs> Down in South Berlin, they got it. <laughs> but the article really takes it to the next level with this next feat. Quote, he can distinguish between straw and felt hats, between canes and umbrellas. Ooh. He can he can tell the difference between a straw hat yeah, and a felt hat. I don't know if, that, if that's like... By uh, taste? Hans, point to the cane that's... Not an umbrella. I don't, I don't know. That one. Mm. That's never explained, but I just found that sentence to be quite That's funny. That's amazing. <laughs> he can also tell if somebody's feeling sad or constipated. <laughs> yeah. oh, and if yes. you say you're not, you're lying. You're lying. Knit down the road, there's a stupid horse that's holding a cane up in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Confused as to why it's getting wet. <laughs> stupid horse. <laughs> stupid horse. Again from the article, he knows the different colours too. One beholds several coloured rags fastened on a string. A cavalry officer places himself before the horse and Hans is asked to stage the colour of the cap. The horse answers by stamping down his foot three times. The colour of the third rag, which like the cap, is red. Okay. Pretty impressive. Wow. So it's not colour blind. No. Yeah. That's cool. Well done, horse. He can also tell the time on a watch and indicate the exact what? hour. What? At the test yesterday, this is from New York Times again, he recognised persons from photographs. Mr. Von Austin placed persons in a row who had given him their photographs, then put the picture before the horse and asked him to indicate the position of the person in the line. Again, Hans recognised the gentleman in civilian clothes who the day before had been introduced to him in uniform. So you can even cha- tell when someone's changed their outfit. Wow. From the day before. Okay. Pretty good. And whilst not perfect, it was calculated that Hans could give the right answer about 89% of the time. That's not bad. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. I forget people. And his Matt. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. Which one's Matt? Which one's Dave? I don't know. Yeah, I'm the Matt one. Oh, are you? Oh, no. I think I am. I'm not a, look, I'm not a clever horse, Honestly, gun to my head, wouldn't have known. Seven years in. That's why I call you both mate. Especially hey, with a gun to your head, that's a lot of pressure. Too much pressure. Like, Jeez, how about 
Let, let me answer it without the gun. Yeah. I feel like if someone put a gun to my head and said, what's his name, pointed to Matt, I'd think, is this somehow a trick question? Yeah. Like the whole time your birth name has been Gavin or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 you and go I'm by gonna, your middle name, Matthew. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to die. Yes. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, of course I know Matt. It's Matt or Matthew. And they'd be like, Gavin. <laughs> but I wouldn't even know because I'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. So just to clarify... Is your first name actually Matthew? Yes. Okay. That's good. It's not Gavin. No. Okay, who's you, Gavin you're really, then? You're really giving me Gavin vibes. <laughs> who And who's this person? Who's who, Gavin? Who's putting the gun to your head? You know who it is? It's fucking Gavin. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, I knew it would be dog. Him. What a dog. Literally, oh, hey, he's literally a dog. A dog holding yeah. a gun. Because that's because this bloody German dude went too far. <laughs> <laughs> So Hans, who by this point is now being called Clever Hans, of course. Name comes from, his maths were estimated to be at the level of a 14-year-old human. Okay, or a 32-year-old woman yeah. who never really pursued maths that did hard. You, uh, did you pass year eight maths? <laughs> yes. Could you, did, could you do it now, though? Probably I did. Pa- oh, fuck no, absolutely not. No, no, no. I couldn't pass. Yeah, I know. I've forgotten everything. I think I could probably still pass English. No, that's probably not true. <laughs> Surely. Sometimes I'm like, proper noun. What's a proper noun? No idea. It's a noun, but proper. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's one you say with a posh accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that plant. <laughs> it's a proper plant. noun. Plant. Plant. Wouldn't it be plant? <laughs> oh, damn it. Look at that plant. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, you know, proper. <laughs> that is a beautiful plant. <laughs> <laughs> I love our accent. I think it's oh, very gosh, cool. We sound so beautiful, don't Such we? a beautiful language we speak. <laughs> we listen to it all day. Plant. Plant. Yeah, yeah. Now, for people who might be doubting Clever Hans, it's not just people on the street believing the feats. It's not just like a show that people mm. are doing. The article states that Hans's feats can be certified not by... Not feet, hooves. Sorry. <laughs> His hooves can be certified by the Prussian <laughs> Minister of Education... And a famous zoologist and, and director of the Prussian Natural History Museum, a guy called Professor Mobius. Professor Mobius himself had this to say about Hans at the time. He possesses the ability to see sharply, to distinguish mental impressions from each other, to retain them in his memory, and to utter them by his hoof language. Hoof language. <laughs> this the, horse can lift its hoof. <laughs> the only international language. Hoof. hoof. So what I'm trying to say there is... It, Educated people of their day are seeing it going, holy crap, this, yeah. is, this is legit. Wow. If Morbius is on board, I'm yeah, on board. Yeah, you know? for sure. Me too. What a job title. He had, he had a really long... It sounded like it was about eight people and it's one guy. Direct, uh, zoologist and director of the Prussian Natural History Museum. Yeah. What a guy. That's good. This is getting dangerously close to the start of World War One. Now, Uh-oh. I'm wondering, How is Hans clever. involved? <laughs> How clever is he? <laughs> Dave's next sentence is, they also <laughs> discovered that Clever Hans could accurately pinpoint the location of the enemy. <laughs> Clever Hans was a member of the Black Hand. <laughs> <laughs> Trained to throw a bomb and then shoot Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> so a lot of people, even experts in zoology, are watching this thinking it's fully legit, but not everyone was convinced, I should say particularly after the New York Times story brought international attention to Clever Hans. Mm. This led to Germany's Board of Education being asked to conduct an independent investigation into Hans's abilities. Being a scientific man with nothing to hide, his owner, Van Olsen, happily agreed. He's like, yeah, this horse is legit. Do whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. You'll find the truth. 
a number of experts joined what was called the Hans Commission. Right. <laughs> so they're spending like taxpayer money on this. Perfect. Led by philosopher and psychologist Karl Stumpf. Stumpf? Stumpf. Stumpf. When Stumpfy's involved, oh, yeah. you know that it's that's legit. Shit, that's legit. <laughs> oh, is this a Stumpfy? Oh, Stumpf. Stumpf is fantastic. God, that's fun to say. Stumpf. So led by Karl Stumpf. And his colleagues included two zoologists, a psychologist, a horse trainer, several school teachers, and, and a, a jockey. <laughs> well, a circus manager. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Who knows horses better? Yeah. I've been enslaving them for years. <laughs> The commission undertook extensive and independent testing, but concluded in 1904 that no trickery was involved in Hans the Horse's responses to questions. The owner, Van Austin, didn't have to be the one asking Hans the questions to get the correct answer. In fact, the owner didn't even need to be present. Wow, okay. So the owner clearly was not manipulating the horse, is what they discovered. Mm. Yeah, right. But they found it was doping. The commission thought he was a genuinely talented horse, genuinely answering the questions. Wow. Although they didn't quite go so far as to publish that. Instead, rendering a non-committal report, leaving the mystery unsolved and suggesting further inquiry. But because they were they were baffled and didn't want to really go out on a limb and say this it would is be different. embarrassing. Yeah, because mm. if yeah. it was proven wrong later, they'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. So they're like privately they're telling everyone. Yeah, wow. I, I can't see how this is fake. Right. But I'm not writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Longer an idiot. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty clever. Cuz you would sound so foolish to history if you got it wrong and mm. you you believed a hoax like that. Yeah, totally. But it's not a hoax as far as we know so far. As far as we know so far, absolutely not. Stumpf was stumpfed. <laughs> Did you write that? I didn't. I just made that up. Wow. It's pretty good, right? It's really good. Like stumped. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it makes even more sense to me because it's spelled S-T-U-M-P-F. Yeah. So it's yeah. stump with an F. Yeah. So stumped. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and I just Dave, that. Dave, a perfect joke. Thank you so much. You've nailed it. A perfect joke that got zero laugh. <laughs> I think I was in shock, to be honest. Were you stumped? I was stumped. Well, I think the problem is what, those sort of things, if they're too good, hmm. they, they're not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like, they're not, I think... I think it's too clever yeah. to elicit laughs. Yeah. That's what I've been yelling at my audiences for years. <laughs> my comedy is too good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not too good, too clever. Too, too clever. clever for laughs. Too clever for laughs. People are just quietly impressed. Ro- yeah. yeah. Wow. Stunned silence. Wow, that's good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I need to think about that. I leave your shows going, fucking hell, that was funny. I didn't laugh, but yeah. bloody hell. I, I don't leave thinking it was funny. I think I leave thinking, wow, I learned something tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That was clever, I said. Right, yeah, that was, that was real clever stuff. Clever Dave. That's right. I am doing a show at the uh, Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne Comedy Festival next year. Uh, come along. You will be stumped. You will not ha- there will not be a single laugh, but you will uh, enjoy. Well, I say enjoy. You'll, uh, you'll leave. You'll leave the show. <laughs> you'll leave Is there the time end. to change the title of the show to Stumped? <laughs> oh, I'll have a look. Dave yeah. Warnicky and Stumped. Clever, clever Dave Warnicky will stump you. <laughs> That's good stuff. I'm going to tell the time on stage. <laughs> Whoa. By, by knocking on the table. <laughs> yeah. What? That's uh, how many knocks five? did I do? Five. Yeah, it's five o'clock, mm-hmm. I guess. Wow. Somewhere. Yeah. Five o'clock somewhere. And then you crack open a tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. Can I have that? Yeah, absolutely. That, Great. Well, I couldn't pull that off. Right. Look forward to stumped. I'm doing jokes where I'm getting laughs like an idiot. Yeah. Oh, not clever. Not clever. 
People leave feeling cheated yeah. after a Perkins show. Yeah, yuck. They're like, I just sat there laughing yeah, the whole time. Yeah, the reviews time. just mentioned how much they laughed. So Two stars. I don't know why I keep it up. <laughs> I've never laughed more in my life. Two stars. <laughs> She's clearly yeah. a moron. That's right. You know, but do you want a funny show or do you want a smart show? Mm. Yeah, probably funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So they're stumped. They've moved, they've said maybe someone else needs to look into this. A man who was not satisfied with the inquiry was a guy called Oscar Funkst. Funkst? Funkst. Funkst. There's some incredible names With today. a PF, Professor Funkst. Oh, love that. He was a physiologist and biologist who was fascinated by the case and sought Van Austen's permission to examine Hans. Hmm. He did things slightly differently erecting a large tent to house his experiments in order to remove any outside distractions. Okay. As like a circus tent? Yeah, I think it's quite big, yeah. With uh, like a lot of chairs in and a a ticket price. (laughs) (laughs) He was dressed like a ringleader. Yeah, it was a lion as well. It was very weird. Anyway, uh, he took it on the road for several years. (laughs) Yeah, for science, I guess. (laughs) Like the commission, he asked the horse lots of questions and got others to do the same. In fact... He grilled the horse with lots and lots of questions <laughs> from different question answers and carefully outlined the different variables that were being uh, considered. Again, from a different article in the New York Times. They loved this horse. Funkst made two significant discoveries. One was that the horse could not answer any questions correctly unless the answer was known by the question asker. Ah. So you couldn't just ask it, what's 858 t- eight times 9 million? Right. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, that would be so many stomps. I don't know why you would ask that. He's still stomping. (laughs) But if if off the top of your head you don't know it, if you have to go and work it out, he couldn't answer it. Almost, It plummeted to almost 0% of the time he could answer the question. So if you ask it 9 plus 9 and you know it's 18, great. But if if you say 99 plus 99 minus 200, you've got to like sit down and work it out. The horse cannot answer it. Right. So So it's, it's only as smart as you then. So yeah. the horse is but, a mind reader, is what oh, we're saying. Yes, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Mm. If the horse either knows the math or it doesn't, like what's going on here? 
Yeah, well, I guess a human either knows the maths or it doesn't. Yeah, but why do you say, need to know it for the horse to know it? Well, I wonder if it's because they're if the person who's interpreting the answer, if they know the answer, they know how to be tricked. You know, they they go, oh yeah, I reckon that was eighteen stomps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was that was a little half stomp. That wasn't a yeah, real close, stomp. Close yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, close enough. The second thing that Funks discovered was that Hans could not answer unless he could see the person putting the question to him. It was the custom for the questioner to stand directly in front of Hans, face to face, and Funks noticed that if a position were not taken at his head but by his side, for example, he would back away until he could look at the questioner. So the horse would move to look. Okay, that just feels polite. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Just a polite horse. Are you talking to me? Just confirming this question's for me and not another horse? Maybe the horse's hearing isn't that great. It's relying on a bit of lip reading. Yes, okay. That sounds like they're being kind of dickish about it. Yeah, come on. So they're like, oh, that... This is something we didn't expect, okay? This induced investigators to try the experiment of putting horse blinders on him so he couldn't see. Uh, And at once it was found that Hans was thereby made quite incapable of giving replies. Right. So So it is a body language thing. Are they nodding? Like they say, it's uh, five plus three and they're going, one, (laughs) yes, two. Thumbs up. Yes. (laughs) Just like not even realizing they're doing it, but they're counting along positively and then they go... And they change something when they... Yeah. Eight, he did it! You've absolutely hit it there. Eventually, a suspicion hit Funkst that the answer to the mystery lay in unconscious movements. Slight alterations of pose or facial expression, which the horse perceived and which he interpreted as a signal that I should stop tapping my hoof. Whoa. I mean, it's very... It's maybe not clever mathematically, but very clever socially. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This horse, he can read a face. Yeah. Funkst undertook an elaborate series of experiments with 25 people of different ages, genders, and backgrounds. Kids as young as six played the part of the question giver. And Funkst later said, he wrote a, a scientific paper on this. He said, quote, None of them was aware of the purpose of the experiments. Only in a few isolated instances did they report that they were conscious of any movements on their part. With the exception of two persons, they all made the same involuntary movements. So they'd ask the question and they'd all sort of look at the horse in the same way. Funks noticed that the questioner's breathing, posture, and facial expressions involuntarily changed each time the hoof tapped, showing ever so slight increases in tension, and Hans was able to pick up on this tension, which all suddenly disappeared from the person's face when the correct answer was arrived at. Hans took the la- the lack of tension as the cue to stop tapping. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's more impressive <laughs> it's, it's, it's than genuinely, all of this bullshit. It's so impressive. So what was happening, you'd ask a question, a question like, what's five plus three? And hands would start tapping, examining your face as he went. And then when you got near the correct answer of eight, he'd begin to notice the tiniest change in your face or body expression. And then he'd just stop. And everyone would go, amazing. You're so smart. Here's a treat. Yeah, yeah. And he'd go, awesome. <laughs> awesome. And he'd worked out, that's the way I get praise and treats. That's incredible. So there's no denying that Clever Hans was very clever. Yeah. He was able to notice the most subtle of changes in a person's face and breathing. In fact, he was able to often get the right answer even after the questioner was aware of what was going on and attempted to conceal any reaction. So <laughs> you try and keep a completely blank face, he could still pick up on the tiniest minute change. Wow. Which is why if you didn't know the answer, you couldn't lead him into the right one. Right. Yeah, right. Because you'd so, be like, uh, yeah, I guess that's maybe right. It's interesting that it's on facial expressions and stuff because I didn't think that animals could, well, some animals couldn't pick up on that very much. Because I, I often find myself smiling at my dog. 
like I would a person, you know, like I'll walk past him and I'll sort of give him an encouraging <laughs> smile. Then oh, I'm like, yeah. he has no fucking yeah, idea what I'm doing that. there. Oh, I reckon they're picking up on that. Do you think so? Because he gre- gives me nothing. Because you're greasing off a dog. They're like, pff, pff, Yeah. Piss that's off. That's true. <laughs> hmm. But this horse is just like, your vibe seems like you want me to stomp. So I'll stomp. I'll stomp. It seems to make you happy that I yeah, stomp for okay, a I'm certain stomping, amount right. of time. If you if you like this, I'll do it. But he learned to play the system and tell people what they wanted to hear to get praise and treats. But he was not able to do maths equations and the like himself. He's not actually doing the sums in his wow. horse brain. According to medium.com, Funkst was able to recreate the clever Hans phenomenon in a series of experiments where the professor played the role of Hans. He'd have examiners ask him questions mentally and answer by only responding to facial expressions of the questioner. So, you know, he would examine the, the question. So he he would they would ask a question mentally. Yeah, like think of a number and he'd go one, two, three, and like look at the change and go three. And he was able to get it right enough of the time to prove that, oh, you are able to perceive what? stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm so much more impressed than I was <laughs> oh, about I'm- a horse telling the time or knowing the day of the week. That, I was like, okay, whatever. Because it yeah, feels like that w- it was always some version of a trick anyway. Yeah. Right? But yeah. this, it's that they I mean, actually figured out what you, it is. But you weren't sure if, it, if horses could do that stuff. <laughs> You're like, we all yeah. know they. You're like, can't should, I, do yeah, this. should I be impressed, or is it like, yeah, we all know a horse tells the time of the week. You ever walk yeah. into a stable? They've got a calendar. They've got <laughs> yeah. a big clock. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Horses love time. I was more meaning just the fact that they were the the independent, like the thought at all. Like it sounded yeah. like they didn't think animals even had a brain. Almost They're like, wow, yeah. look at that. Look at it. It knew to not walk into a fence. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It can react to things huh. around it. Hmm. There's a loud bang and that horse got a fright. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Wow. In fact, this whole story has led to what is called the Clever Hans effect or phenomenon. And this is taken into account when doing face-to-face experiments with animals, even today. According to uh, Wiki, the risk of Clever Hans effect is one reason why comparative psychologists normally test animals in isolated apparatus without interaction with them. However, this creates problems of its own because many of the most interesting phenomena in animal cognition are only likely to be demonstrated in a social context. And in order to train and demonstrate them, it's necessary to build up a social relationship between trainer and animal. But again... you got to hit the pub a few times. Yeah, you got to get to know them. Yeah, maybe play some social sport together. Exactly. But by that point, they know you. They know your facial expressions. Yeah. They might be telling you what you want to hear. So you got to be careful. I don't think I know people well enough to read their facial expressions that accurately. Maybe my brother. I think that's about it. Really? Okay, what am I thinking right now? Dave, I cannot repeat that. <laughs> you actually can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of this time, so. <laughs> it was real pervy. I will say oh that, my God. Hey, Dave, think of a number. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just, just acknowledging. <laughs> Done. D- seven, correct. There you go. I'm really glad I didn't pick a million. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyebrows did go oh. up pretty high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I picked up on. <laughs> oh, wow. You're clever. 
You guys know each other socially, I guess. That was a fantastic piece of audio. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to edit it out. (laughs) No, I enjoyed it. It was fun. (laughs) Fun for me. According to Damn Interesting, which does have a damn interesting article about this. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought you Dan? said Dan. Me too. I thought it was yeah. Dan like, Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, man, this guy, hopefully for his sake, he's got some things to say. <laughs> oh, Dan man, Interesting. A, pretty dull Dan guy. so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Trying too hard there, It's Dan. one of those ironic nicknames. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mr. Interesting over here. <laughs> Fuck, he's dull. <laughs> So, because this is a thing, the clever Hans effect, when you do experiments with animals, mm. that you've got to take stuff into account. So, to prevent prejudices and foreknowledge from contaminating experimental results, modern science employs the double-blind method, where researchers and subjects are unaware of many details of the experiment until after the results are recorded. For instance, when drug-sniffing dogs undergo training, none of the people present know which containers have drugs in them. Uh. Otherwise, their body language might betray the location and render the exercise use- oh, useless. Oh, that's really clever. So, if you... You don't even know you're doing it, but you're thinking it's in the white one. It's in the white one, and the dog might pick up on that. Yeah, and then go, "Yes, it's here." And then, good dog. In reality, when you don't know which one it's in, it's not going to help. Sometimes there's food on the floor in front of my dog, and he can't find it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sometimes there's Humphrey foods on the floor. I'm tapping the food over here, pushing his face into it. It's here, it's here, everywhere. He looks around, stepping over it, like stepping on it. I'm like, it's by your foot now. Like, surely. Is it possible that you two just have particularly dumb dogs? I think, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. But at least we can admit it. You know, when parents are like, "No, my child's not an idiot." We're like, "Nah, dog's an idiot, but he's cute." So, uh, are there are there some people who have dogs who are like will be like. Uh, you, how dare you? How dare you? I this have a very smart dog. dog. Absolutely. People, really? People are weird about their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I do know that actually. You got to be realistic. I've been to a dog park. I'm. I've I- looked after a few dogs, and you go to a dog park, and they're different. Yeah. The people at dog parks are. Yeah. They. Everyone wants to. You know. They, they want to chat. Everyone. You know. They just think, hey, you've got a dog. You're weird like me. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, this. I'm just looking after this dog. This is not my dog. I don't want to talk <laughs> to you. You've you got to get a t-shirt that says this is not, not, not my, my dog. dog. It depends. Like, I should say some of the people were great. Mm-hmm. And nearly everyone who talked to me were pretty good. But there were some people I'm oh. like, oh, I wish you weren't talking to me. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And that's about. when you're grateful that your dog can pick up on your body language. <laughs> yeah. And they stop playing with that person's dog and keep walking. And you're like, oh, well, off they go. <laughs> Bye. Gotta go. Gotta go. Dog's the boss. Hey, better keep moving. Good dog. Good dog. Now, we're not sure what happened to Clever Hans after his uh, this discovery and debunking. I think we do, I though. think we know exactly what happened. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, for a time, his owner, Van Austin, who apparently never was never persuaded by Funk's findings, he continued to show Hans around Germany, attracting large and enthusiastic crowds. Yeah. It was, it was still impressive to watch. But yeah, then people go see magicians. They know there's a trick. It doesn't... I mean, yeah. it's not impressive to see. But then Van Austin died and it's not clear what happened to the clever horse. <laughs> I'm afraid one theory isn't very nice. And this is a sentence from... I don't think my theory is particularly nice either. <laughs> no, Jess, sorry. Uh, sorry to disappoint. Forget, sorry, I know you're saying that he started World War One, but <laughs> the truth is a lot less fun. What is it? Now, this is a sentence from the National Library of Medicine, an official US government website. The exact sad end of Clever Hans is not known in detail. But how do you know it's sad? 
At the beginning of World War One in 19... It does feel like they've just taken a stab here. At the beginning of World War One in 1914, he was drafted as a military horse and was killed in action in 1916 or was consumed by hungry soldiers. Ooh. Oh, so we were, pretty, yeah, we were pretty on the money. But it just sounds like they've just had a stab at... Oh, this yeah. might have happened. Or this. Either killed in war or killed by being eaten. Or died of natural causes. Natural causes, that's right, because it would have been quite an old horse by that point. How long do horses live for? Anybody know? I think, I think they lived into their 20s or 30s. Yeah. Yeah, right. Horse average age at death. 25 to 30 years. Well done. What about oldest horse? I was lying for I love horses. Do you? What a weird lie then. <laughs> Did you mean... <laughs> On an episode, know, we were going to talk a lot about horses. I know everything about horses. That, was that would have been really handy the last hour. Yeah, I didn't, to be honest, until I, until I was correct saying 20 to 30 years, I didn't even know. But now that I know I'm an expert on horses, expert. Okay. ask me anything, I can answer it for you. All right. What about the oldest horse ever? How old do you reckon? How old do I reckon or how old do I know? Okay, I'll ask Jess first because she, she probably oh, reckons. Okay. Yeah, mine will, be, mine will be a reckon. And I'm then you can say, answer in hoof tabs. <laughs> I'm going to say 60 years. Okay, 60 years? <laughs> yep. 62. Okay. That's great. what I'm going to guess. And Matt? Um, well, I'm thinking 60, 70, 80, 60, <laughs> 70. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing a bit of head movement here. 62. You're both correct. <laughs> well done. And if this isn't nominative determinism at its finest, the horse's name? Was the horse that died at 62. <laughs> old Billy. Oh. Old Billy. And it was the oldest horse ever. But they named him Old Billy from birth? Because <laughs> <laughs> that feels odd. I hope Imagine so. Imagine having a little baby really horse from this little old Billy. <laughs> it was even earlier than that, strangely. They named it when it, the, its mum was still pregnant. Old Look Billy. Old Billy in there. That's is an it? old Billy if I've ever seen one. <laughs> this is um on the Guinness... Book of Records and the oldest recorded thoroughbred racehorse was the 42 year old chestnut gelding Tango Duke. Tango Duke. Great name. That's nice. And owned by Cam- uh, Carmen J. Copper of Barangarook, Victoria. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, when's this going to get relevant to anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh. There you, go. there you go. But that's the end of Clever Hans, but he's not the only animal said to have had abilities beyond what's usually expected. Okay. Well, my, oh, dog, and- my dog does know what bedtime means, so... Yeah, impressive. So, yeah, we're not... We've, you know we've already done Mr. Hands. Yeah, but this is Mr. Hans. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. It's way classier. Oh, way classier. Okay, what are these animal abilities? Well, it, it goes all the way back to the late 16th century when in England a horse named Marocco, Marocco with an M-A, who travelled with his owner and entertained people by counting things like coins and seeming to memorise things. In 1601, perhaps to fight the growing competition of other animal trainers, Banks and his horse Morocco ascended over a thousand steps to the rooftop of the then flat St. Paul's Cathedral and performed the coin act. The show was a success and even the clergy came out to watch the performance. Then to the great astonishment of those watching, Morocco walked down the flight of stairs and out onto the street. Wow. A thousand stairs. Right. That's pretty impressive. Is it? For a horse. For a horse, I think so. If this depends on how big the stairs are. Yeah. Don't they break legs pretty easily, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Not Morocco. No. Yeah. Wow. Like, you'd think they'd be slipping and sliding on... I don't know. I'm picturing a certain kind of steps, I guess. What like, are you like picturing? A, you, you, picturing like a, some like sort a water of... water slide? 
Uh, I think a horse would break his leg on that thing. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's just like one big slippery step. <laughs> I'm picturing a uh, spiral staircase. <laughs> yes, yeah, spiral. Very narrow. Very narrow. Very <laughs> narrow. Like really shiny tiles for some reason. Yeah. I don't think I'd survive that. That have just been polished. Oh, no. And greased. So, yes. Yeah. So, so to repeat, we've just had the polishes and the greases through. Sorry. We didn't know you were coming. In the 1780s, a, a concept or a thing called a learned pig took off in London. Yes. The learned pig was I've a... I've seen Charlotte's Web. Mm. Oh. Well. That's a learned pig. This, you, the, you, the book. You've seen it. I've a, seen it. I've shop. seen the book. There's a pig on it. The learned pig was a pig taught to respond to commands in such a way that it appeared to be able to answer questions by picking up cards in its mouth. By choosing cards, it answered arithmetic metical problems and spelled out words but even back then there were questions over whether the animal actually recognized letters or, or words or whether it was simply responding to direct prompting from its mm. owner so they were onto it yeah even then but a learned pig love that then we've got beautiful jim key who was a famous performing horse around the usa around the turn of the 20th century his promoters claimed that the horse could read and write make change <laughs> with money <laughs> Do a- <laughs> can hold a pen. How to get your hoof around a pen? <laughs> it could do arithmetic for numbers below thirty, and quote cite Bible passages where a horse is mentioned. What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Who cares about all that other irrelevant stuff? It just knows the horse stuff. Yeah, I don't give a shit about the rest. <laughs> Humans irrelevant. Thou shall not cover a cover a horse. <laughs> His trainer, Dr. William Key, was a former slave and self-trained veterinarian at the turn of the 20th century. According to a website, (laughs) globetrotting.com.au. My uh, algorithm is really going to throw up a lot of horse-based stuff the next couple of weeks. I've been on a lot of horse websites. Yeah. This is uh, Beautiful Jim Key. President William McKinley saw Beautiful Jim Key perform at an exposition in Tennessee and declared, this is the most astonishing and entertaining exhibition I've ever witnessed. (laughs) He also commented on how it was an example of what kindness and patience could accomplish. Oh, that's quite nice. And in 2014, Variety reported that Morgan Freeman was set to star in a film based on the life of beautiful Jim Key. Playing the horse. Yes. There's nothing that man can't do. (laughs) But since then, nothing seems to have come from that. Not yet. Not yet. We'll see. It's probably it's probably pandemic. Probably set yeah, back yeah, a few right. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get onto it in his nineties. What did you? What What was the thing that he was? Uh, he performed at that horse. Uh, an exposition in Tennessee. What's an What's an exposition? An expo. Right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that in full. Mm. Exposition. Yeah. And that's what. What does that mean? That's just like an expo. It's an expo. It's an expo. I, isn't that wild? I don't think I, I never thought what is an expo short for, mm. but exposition does. I don't think I recognise the word. Mm. Uh, I'm not a very smart horse. Here's a dictionary.com <laughs> definition: a large public exhibition of trade or goods. Right. Yeah. Cause exhibition. I think I thought expo was short for exhibition yeah. somehow. I don't know where they got the P from. <laughs> well, now I do. A different word. I'm a learning horse. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Wonder was another horse claimed to have psychic abilities and be able to perform intellectually demanding tasks such as arithmetic and spelling. Again, her owner, Claudia E. Fonda, trained her to operate a piano-sized contraption with a double row of keys that the horse used to spell out answers. Wow. 
Claudia also had a piano playing Pomeranian named Pudgy. <laughs> Pudgy the piano playing Pomeranian. They've got small paws. That's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, a small piano. Yeah, of course. Of course. But her horse was the real star and breadwinner in the household. An estimated 150,000 people. Thorough breadwinner. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's good. Hey. Are you a horse expert as hey. well? Pretty good. Surrounded by horse people. Yeah. 150,000 people eventually sought counsel from Lady Wonder, each paying $1 to ask her three questions. Which is you know, a lot of money over yeah. a few short years. According to Mental Floss, her achievements reportedly included telling married women their maiden names. Which, imagine wasting your money, you get your question on that. Yeah. I already know that. I know that. what that I is. I know that. I know my maiden name. Uh, I could also guess the sex of unborn children, knowing the date. I mean, it's a guess. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. If, he, if, if he said correctly guess, then that's something. Yeah. That's like a 50-50 that it's guessing. Yeah. It's like Dave can answer any question. <laughs> yeah. So can this horse, apparently. Some, you're like, okay, it can know a coin, the date of a coin hidden from view. What? Call elections, horse races, baseball games. Like, commentate them. Yeah. It could discover oil. <laughs> like, hang on, I, you just wasted your question on your fucking maiden name. This next person's asked where the oil is. Yeah. Where's the black gold? Yeah. Where do I dig? I've got my shovel. Texas tea. <laughs> But my favourite of, of all the questions it could answer, it could, quote, predict oncoming tractors. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, it's sort of like how Spider-Man has spidey senses. This horse is like, there's a tractor. Ooh, it's coming. Watch out. It'll be here in <laughs> half an hour. It will be very slow moving. <laughs> yeah, it's a very slow moving tractor. You have time to pack up your things and, and move. You will see and hear it. <laughs> Lady Wonder's fame hit a whole new level when she was credited to have helped to solve the case of a missing four-year-old boy, Danny Matson, in Quincy, Massachusetts. When prompted about Matson's location, Lady spelled Pittsfield Water Wheel. The police investigation concluded that there was no water wheel in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. But the police chief, William Ferrazzi, tried to interpret Lady's message and wondered if she might mean field and wild Water pit. Okay. Which was a quarry close to Matson's house, which had already been searched. But they're like, maybe we should search it again. And when they did, sadly, they found the body of the child at the quarry. Oh, and wow. then people were like, the horse solved it. Or the horse did it. Oh, oh the horse my was God! confessing. Oh, no. Yeah. Didn't think of that? Yeah, I did guilty not think conscience. Of that. Oh, no. I mean, you, you're guaranteeing yourself some publicity there because you commit the murder. And then, you know, parents come to you for answers. Yeah. You give them the answers. People go, wow. It's kind of like uh, Angela Lansbury's motif. Yeah. Motif? Yeah. yeah. M-O. M-O. Yeah. Standing for motif. Motif operando. <laughs> <laughs> Skeptics said that the police chief's belief that they should search the quarry again was only reinforced by seeing the answer in Lady... Wonder spelling because she said Pittsfield water wheel and he said maybe that means field and wild water yeah. pit. Where'd wild come from? Mm. Yeah. And like with clever hands, there were a few that didn't quite believe it. Magicians and skeptical investigators, Milburn Christopher and John Scarn, showed that Lady's pr- prediction abilities resulted from Mrs. Fonda employing mentalism tricks and signaling the answers mm. to her horse. Nudging her horse. Oi. But Lady Wonder isn't the only... Oi. Oi, answer. Oi. Oi, don't be rude. 
<laughs> Look the man in the face. Don't be so rude. Look him in his eyes. I didn't raise a rude horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about him. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> He's not your like Teenagers, you know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my good god. and bad days, but <laughs> get a fucking job. <laughs> Lady Wonder isn't the only animal used to help with investigations, and sometimes it does not go well. This is the, the, fi- the final animal we'll talk about today. Is it the- a monkey? No, it's a dog. In the 1980s, a Pennsylvanian paratrooper named John Preston was a dog handler who claimed that his dog, named Harris II or Harris II, could perform feats of forensic detection far beyond the abilities of other investigative dogs. So it was like a tracker and a sniffer dog. He was paid big money for his expertise and his dog's alleged ability. Preston claimed that his dog could smell human traces years or months after a suspect walked over the ground on heavily trafficked streets or even track someone after a hurricane. Okay. Except this was all a lie and it all became unraveled when Judge Gilbert Goshorn, during a 1984 trial, conducted a test that found that Harass 2 couldn't do these things. Couldn't find treats on the floor. (laughs) Honestly, I think it performed worse than most average sniffer dog. (laughs) And this is from CNN. Bill Dillon was... 22 when he was sentenced to life in prison in 1981 for killing a man in Canova Beach on the eastern coast of the state. During the trial, Dylan was adamant that he had not committed the crime, but John Preston testified in court that he and his scent-tracking German Shepherd connected Dylan to the killer's bloody t-shirt. Preston said that his dog, Harass 2, even tracked Dylan's scent repeatedly in later tests. Apparently, Harass 2 could track Dylan eight days after the murder and after a hurricane. Other experts have since said that this is in no way possible. Mm. No dog could possibly do that. And that's okay. Like, we're not saying that's dogs fine. are bad because of that. <laughs> no, it's just you that's know? just but beyond. But it's just not, yeah. yeah. Like, we couldn't do it either. No. I'm you know? I could. Well, you do have an you, amazing sense of smell. Famously, mm. your nose works beautifully. <laughs> Very well. Better than it should. Yeah. yeah. Oh, too good. Oh, sorry, you recently had an, op- uh, an operation to... Make it worse. S- yes. Yeah, to stop the sense. That's right. You were like, doctor, make it stop. Yeah. I'm smelling all the time. Yeah, I had a, a nose reduction, um, sense, sensual reduction. Mm. <laughs> uh, the nose looks the same externally. He is definitely less sensual now. Oh, <laughs> I will say that. And, and I, I'm glad. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thank you. I thank that doctor. It was distracting at work, Oh, my God, you were sensual. So sensual. My God. Yeah, hey, you were distracted. What about me? I was solving murders from across town. <laughs> Three words. Put it away. You snozz. You snozz. That thing. Oh my God. COVID was great. When the mask was on, oh, I think it was. Oh, God. Could get stuff done. And now the masks are off. Yeah. <laughs> so once it all came out that Preston was making this up, it was posited that Preston was only able to achieve the results he achieved in numerous other cases by having obtained information about the case prior to the scent tracking so that he could lead his dog to the suspect or evidence in question. So fucked. A That's bit like Clever Hans, but on a like a scale where he's aware of it. Yeah. He's aware of it and it's people's lives. He's framing a twenty two year old. Ethically, that's fucked. But Dylan Bill Dylan went to jail for murder based on Preston and his dog's <gasps> evidence and nearly this is so ridiculous. Three decades later, in 2007, DNA testing proved that Bill's DNA did not match the <gasps> DNA on the killer's shirt. Oh, my God. The dog was wrong. He was in jail for three decades? 26 years <gasps> before being oh my God. released based on this DNA evidence. 
In Dylan's case, Preston, the handler, even told the court that his dog had the ability to track a scent underwater to actually smell below the water. CNN consulted tracking dog experts in Florida about this at the time, and they told them, no way. That's how not is possible. The, how? how is the judge accepting this? Well, th- that's the the worst and craziest thing about this. So not long after this, another man convicted off the back of Harass 2's alleged scent tracking abilities was also freed after two decades in prison. This despite the fact that Preston and the dog had been discredited in 1987. <gasps> and the state of Florida never reviewed cases on which the dog had been oh. key in their conviction. Nobody ever told Bill Dillon this either, who sat in prison for another 20 years before he even knew a thing about it. What? And then he was able to appeal. 40, so 46 years? No, no so... No. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, okay. <laughs> I thought after the 26 years... So no, 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 no. So, like, so, basically, it was thrown out in 1987, but no one told Bill Dillon or his representatives. Nobody looked into it. No one looked into it. And uh, according to CNN, Preston had convinced juries... More than a hundred times of his dog's miraculous talent. Surely you'd you'd be suing them. Mm. You'd have to. Yeah, hard I, to sue for twenty six find... years back, but it, it would equal. Yeah, so I couldn't many find many millions. I imagine. Oh. I couldn't find many of the hundreds written about online. There was just the two that were mentioned, and both of them were over two decades of people's lives, so they were wrongly convicted based on the the guy lying about his dog's abilities. Fuck! Just pre- basically, so he could. Why? Because yeah. he got he got paid a lot more as an expert rather than just a police officer. Yuck! He got paid he got paid big money because he was seen as the best in the biz. People wanted him and his dog because he he told them he could do a better job than everyone. Oh, else. And then his God. life seemed seemed to get bigger and bigger. Oh, and he can smell um. He can smell sounds. the moon. Yeah. <laughs> he can tell you where the moon is based on smell. Yeah, he can smell the cheese because it's all cheese it's up all there. Cheese on the moon. Good dog. <laughs> Good dog. And, uh, you know, Preston, the dog handler, died in 2007, so never faced any criminal charges for the fraud. Fuck! And, you know, at least two people, if not dozens more, went to jail based on his fake testimony. Wow. That's so sad. So, that so sucks. sad. And I'm afraid that's the uh, sort of bumming end to the report. Beautiful ending. The Love that. End. Great But choice. let's not re- forget Clever Hans, who was possibly shot or eaten by soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> so many happy endings to this story. Wow. Oh, but thanks to the Patreon supporters, they were the ones who voted for this topic and put three animal topics up this week. Mm. And uh, Clever Hans won in a landslide. I think the pitch was something like, uh, Clever Hans, a horse that could apparently do mathematics, but was the horse telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and then with the truth in capital letters and uh, question three question marks afterwards, I think they could not resist them. Yeah, well, how could they? Too tantalising. Turns, turns out, yeah, the horse was uh, just telling people what they want to hear because it was smarter than them. Wow. I'm absolutely tantalised by that. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> was he telling the truth? <laughs> it's a horse. We'll never know. Uh, well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, uh, the fact, quote, or question section, mm. but also, more broadly, the section where we get to thank our fantastic Patreon supporters for without them, we would not... Be here doing this show today. We wouldn't. It's true. We'd refuse. The man isn't a liar. So the way this works is the first thing we do uh, is the fact, quote, or question section, which has a jingle, I think, or something like this. Fact, quote, or question. She always remembers the ding. She always remembers the sing. And <laughs> to be involved in this, you go to uh, patreon.com slash to go on pod. Sign up at the Sydney Schomburg level. 
Uh, if you, there's a bunch of different levels, of course, mm. and there's different rewards and whatnot, depending on which level you go on. But on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get to give us a fact quote or question, brag or suggestion, or really whatever you like. And you also get to give yourself a title or a nickname, and I'll read out four each week. I don't read them out till I read them out. <laughs> okay. And first up this week, it's Ben Johnson, a.k.a. English professional footballer who plays as a right-back or left-back for the Premier League club West Ham United. Born January 2000. Oh, Christ, this one is younger than me. Oh, my God, that is so young. It's really not, though. 22, right? That's young. Oh, of course. Of course. But, I mean... Oh, sorry, it's not that young. But what is young is 32. That's right. Is 32 is the youngest age you can be. Yes. So, uh, does Ben give himself a title that's a different Ben Johnson each time? No, but maybe this is the start of a beautiful new I, thing. I think he does that every time. Okay, then why are you asking us if you know the answer? Well, I was hoping you're going to. Conf- <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you're going to confirm it, well, not dismiss Dave, it out Dave of hand. Dave dismissed it, and then you. I don't remember that ever happening. You you rebutted his dismissal. I don't remember much. I'm sick of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of the fighting. Nah, I reckon it. Yeah, I reckon I was right. Okay, yeah, he does this. Good every for time. you. You're right. Who are the other? Wow, ben that's so important to you, isn't it? That you're right and that everybody else is wrong. Yes, you're disgusting. <laughs> now, what's his little fact quote or question? Let's well, no, Dave asked another. He said Elizabethan era playwright. He said 1988 Olympic gold medalist, uh, American actor. Okay, so mm-hmm. I was like, he was asking for some proof. Like, he didn't even trust me, even after I said, I'm definitely right. I've obviously fallen, fallen through the multiverse into a new reality. They were possibly while you were away gallivanting. I've actually had a nap. <laughs> I'm that fucking bored of this conversation. Well, Ben's asking a question this week, and the question is, does a wombat shit cubes if they are a gentleman? Oh, oh great question. that is a very good question, Matt. As the... Uh, the uh, gentleman expert, expert. The ge- expert on gentlemen. I'm a gentleman expert and, and an expert on gentlemen. And wombats are my favourite animals. Um, out of all animals? Out of all animals. Yes, out of all animals. <laughs> out of all animals. <laughs> Not just an Australian animal. What, are you, what, is, this, what is this cultural cringe you've got here? Why can't an Australian animal be my favourite animal in the world? I mean, look around. <laughs> There's so many options. Your favourite's a panda. Hell yeah. Yeah. What's my favourite? Dog. Nah. See, it pays to listen, boys. It pays to listen, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Matt, Matt what's crack. my favourite? Well, I, I'm not going to speak for Jess. I'm a feminist, but um, we all know it's a feminist. Is it also Australian? It's a uh, quokka. Quokka. Is it really? I love them. They're so smiley. Wait. Ah. Favourite Australian we... animal or favourite <laughs> animal in the world? <laughs> both. Confirm. It can be both. Yeah. Can be, but remember we saw them at the Adelaide Zoo, but they were all sleeping, and I couldn't get a photo with them. Oh, it's very upsetting. Didn't stop some people. It didn't, but unfortunately, were, I respect the quokkas. That's right. We're grabbing them, picking uh, them up. Wake up! Wake up! So I'm going to say it's very a, a, a gentleman wombat's a different uh, kind of gentleman, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I, the saying a gentleman never shits about human gentleman. Yeah. But it is also true. Interestingly, oh, a gentleman wombat doesn't shit uh, cubes or anything. Wow. Too polite for that. So the answer to Ben's question is no. Yeah. So, right. why, they, so why they're so solid? Yeah. They're never f- taking a they're shit. They're full of shit. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was Ben's question. He says, and this is obviously a little bit out of date now. Uh, also, happy block. 
Uh, and happy block to you. I don't know if, Ben, you're getting in late or early. <laughs> I there. think it's early. He's getting in early. Happy block to you. Ben, there's still, we've got 10 months to wait, but yeah, I appreciate it. He's already got the block, tree, out there. It's new year, new block coming up. That's true. Uh, also says, uh, oh, <laughs> at the time of writing, you're halfway through your UK tour and I'll see you in London in a week. Well, that's in our past, Ben. Yeah. Okay. Move in on. every sense. <laughs> Not even just when this comes out. It's even further in the past, but even at the recording time. And now, then here's a spoiler. And then he says, P.S. Oh, okay. I'm engaged, bitch. I was going to say, we found out some big news, Jess. Oh, ben and Georgia are engaged. That's Congratulations. Lovely. A beautiful ring, too. Saw it briefly at the gig. Saw the ring. Okay. Loved it. He kissed a, the ring. Dave's a ring expert. I know more. Blue, <laughs> black, shiny one. Yeah. <laughs> Non-shiny. Non-shiny. Matte finish, if you will. That's my favourite. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ben. The next one comes from Sophie Tutor, who we also caught up with when we were in the UK. Uh, we went on a freaking Concorde oh my together. God. Honestly, we went on a double date. <laughs> seeing pictures of you on a Concorde, I was so excited for you. It was. I was so happy. It was really cool. And we had uh, like a tour guide with an extremely amazing moustache. Yes. And, and kind of like a... Um, a silver mullet. Yeah, he looked wow. incredible. What's his name? You knew his name? Roger. Roger. Oh something my like God. that. He looked like a Roger too. He yeah, really what you're imagining him. is ag- exactly right. Wow. Uh, he wouldn't pose with if, with us for a photo though. He knew his worth. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he no, said no, no, no. he did that oh. yeah, money yeah, yeah. symbol with he his. Said fingers. how many followers you got? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. I don't pose for less than fifteen k. So you go on the Concord. And you, you walk through the back and then you get to sit down and they play a little presentation of <laughs> what it would be like if you were taking off, and, which is really fun. And I really enjoyed that bit. And at the end, they play like a montage of the last time the plane landed <laughs> to um, Don't Stop, don't stop me, me Now, now by Queen. Queen. Which is so and then at the end, we Roger will... starts just doing a bit of Queen music trivia. <laughs> he's, he's going, uh, so that was uh, that charted in what year? <laughs> what year did that chart? <laughs> And then he like he was giving out clues. Yeah, and he's like, all right. Um, what do you what, re- what, what num what was the highest position at charter? What do you reckon? Oh my god! It's and he's got these kids uh, who would have no idea what he's talking about. They say nine hundred and seventeen. There's a nine in it. Yeah, there is a nine in it. It was but nine at one stage. He, the kid goes. He goes. No, no. It was. In, it, what did it chart? One thousand. He goes. All right. Don't be silly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the kid doesn't know what a chart is. And then he goes, well, it didn't make it to number one, though. What would have made it to number one when it was on? We're getting so far away from Concord. Concord. This is how we finished. This is the end of it. And it was, he goes, you might know, blonde lady with the blonde hair. Blonde hair. He's just padding yeah, for time. He's like, well, the tour's supposed to yeah. be over half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I get fired if I don't uh, do it on to time. But it was That's... so, that montage was so funny. It was just like jump cuts, a lot of <laughs> a lot of shots of just the Concorde flying. Don't stop me now. We're Amazing. all sitting on this old plot. Man, I was laughing so hard. I loved it. But Because it's all about like kit. It was that kit, kit, very kitschy. Would you call yeah. it kitschy, Dave? Yes, it was very kitschy. But then there's a bit in the show, in the... It's like, I'm traveling at the speed of light. I'm going supersonic, blah, blah. But then it's like, there's a bit about exploding. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez. <laughs> bit close to the bone there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does seem like something they maybe wouldn't include. But uh, anyway, Sophie uh, has a fact for us. A- and her title is Soggy Group Mum. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I like that. No. Soggy nah. Group Mum. Don't like that. Uh, maybe the fact will explain... Sophie writes, 
I'm currently sitting front row in Birmingham waiting for Matt and Dave to start their first UK show. <laughs> well, that's in the past, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one eating a salad because I had to leave home at 3.45 and I knew I'd be hungry. Hope you can hear me munching on the recording. <laughs> that is the episode that has had uh, technical wow. issues. And was the technical issues a crunching It was a crunching sort of sound. Yeah, sort of sound. Oh my God, Sophie. What have you done? And I think she's saying soggy because uh, they had to line up in the rain that night. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, thank you very much, Sophie. And you guys, the, the venue obviously said, would you like us to let people in early? And you said, make them wait. They did ask that and they were they were sort of like, oh, they don't need to come in yet. We're like, if they're in the rain, can you, you can bring, bring them, you can in. Bring them okay. in? Yeah. No, we won't. It's, it pretty, it's, it's pretty important that uh, everyone knows that I stepped in there and said, no, no, bring them in. Okay, it sounds to me like it was the other way around. I think and it was. Matt said, "Make them wait." No, I think it was like Matt that. Said, "Fuck them." Someone did say they can wait. I'm like, oh, I've been like, that's weird. Anyway, um, the next one comes from Drew Forsberg, aka Vassal for the Kingdom of Mixalot. Vassal. Vassal for the Kingdom of Mixalot, and Drew's offering a quote, writing, "It was the best of times. It was the worst of times." <laughs> He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. He sings the songs that remind him of the worst times. He sings the songs that remind him of the best times. Uh, and that was apparently by Charles Sumba Wumba Tube Thumping. Wow. Wow. And I, I think about that a lot. Thank you so much, Drew. That's a beautiful quote. And finally, we've got William Hofstadter, a.k.a. Chief Mitochondria. Do you reckon that's right? Okay, oh, in brackets, more than just a powerhouse. <laughs> and William is offering a fact. William, I'm so confused early. <laughs> so let's see if this clears anything up. Uh, uh, William writes, many plants are monoecious, meaning they have both male and female reproductive parts on the same plant. However, some plant species are deecious, indicating that... Delicious. <laughs> Indicating that, oh, is it dioecious? I think indicating that individual plants will be either male or female. For example, ginkgo trees, holly, and asparagus are all dioecious. The easiest way to determine if a dioecious, (laughs) a dioecious, and dioecious plant is male or female is that only female plants ultimately bear fruit. (gasps) Interesting. Really. Oh. Did not know that. I didn't know that. So you can have a, so what, what, a male apple tree. No fruit? No fruit. Huh. How about that? Is that a thing? Hey, I never fact check these. No, and we won't. I won't and look people, it up. And people do not take advantage. They never No one have, takes the piss. No. Which is nice. <laughs> which is nice, actually, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much to William, Drew, Sophie, and Ben. Next thing we like to do is thank a few of our other great supporters. Uh, and Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a game based on the topic at hand. Yeah. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Maybe we could give them a an animal they can communicate with. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Who's so their good. clever hunts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, first up, I'd love to thank from Address Unknown. Uh, if if this is you and you want your address in here, you just there's a... A way to add your address inside Patreon. If anyone ever comes up with a Planet of the Moles or whatever we say, Fortress, Fortress oh of God, the Moles. It's only been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
So that and that will mean you get Christmas cards and those sort of things. But you and don't have to. You don't have to. No of pressure. Not. But I think some people we don't realize. We won't dox you. No. But <laughs> I, some people don't realize that that's uh, happened. That, yeah. that they haven't given us their address, and that's why they don't get the mail. Anyway, I, from I worry. Yes. That maybe we usually say fortress of the moles. Have you gone over to the mole people? You started referring to Earth as the planet of the moles. <laughs> I've said too much. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm just thinking there's been so many mole people over the years that a fortress might not hold them. Yeah, sure. They need their own planet. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully it's not our planet. Uh, But from (laughs) this planet of the moles, it's Kathleen Kaiser. I'm going to kick it with the Kaiser. And that actually works out quite perfectly because uh, Kathleen's animal companion is a mole. (gasps) Wow. Wow. Yeah. A hairless one like Kim Possible. Really? Yeah. You guys didn't watch Is that a cartoon? No, it was Kim Possible a hairless mole? No, but but her (laughs) friend... Her friend was a real mole, am I right? Her friend Ron had a hairless mole, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, was there ever a a monkey on there? That's that's a show that would have had a monkey on it. Surely, at some point. Boop, 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 boop. That's that's the uh, Kim Possible tone. Anyway... Thank you very uh... much, Kathleen (laughs) Kaiser or Kaiser and your hairless mole. Uh, who was very smart. Very smart. I'd also love to thank from Ceratos in California in the United States, Raina Ramirez. Ooh, ara. 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 What about fantastic name? Raina Ramirez, the camel whisperer. Ooh, I like that. Clever camel. That's right. A man's not a camel, but Raina's animal is a camel. Yes, he's a camel. And Raina tours around with that camel. Big fan of camels. Are you? Yeah, I like them. Um, They're funny, useful. You yeah. rode on one? Yeah. How was that? Terrifying, but I loved it. Yeah. Did yeah. You, the camel spit? No, but I had the naughty young camel. Oh, yeah. That was a... Uh, I'd put you on the naughty one. Yeah, I think I think the the person who was putting us on the camels it was... Mad at you? Five of us was <laughs> like, I reckon this guy can handle it. Wow, they were so but, wrong. Yeah, and absolutely. I was like, no, 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 no I'm not going first. I don't want to go first. You were coming off as being really confident because you were wearing new clothes because your luggage had... <laughs> so they yeah. saw you as a totally different person. I'd, yeah. have, I'd had a real rebrand, a forcible yeah. rebrand because I had to buy only what a small Italian village had for sale <laughs> and end up looking like a Poirot on tour. <laughs> uh, that's great. What The camel would probably... It just it knows where water is and stuff like that. Mm. And, oh, the, the camel I read's name, Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Really? For the guy said. What a wow. young, naughty name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, from me, I'd love to thank from Brompton in South Australia. It's Brompton. Ryan Standing. Brompton. Brompton. Ryan Standing. Ryan Standing, who's. Well, like Ryan Outstanding, anyway. Yeah. Just say that for a bit later. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. It's funny because in my head, I was thinking ostrich, also long necked. Yeah, and the, the trick that this giraffe can do that Ryan taught the giraffe. Is you know how when you like uh, you've got like a, a lolly snake or something and you put it in your mouth, you try and tie it in a knot. Yeah, this giraffe can do that with its neck. Whoa. Whoa! It can put it in its mouth and make it turn into a snake. That's incredible! That is incredible. I, I I feel like you're purposefully misunderstanding me. <laughs> that's what I got too. That's not what you got. Yeah, that's what you like when you have okay. a lolly snake then, yeah, in your mouth yeah. and you can turn it into. Yeah, a... Yeah, that's what it can do. That's what it can do. That's amazing <laughs> that it can put its neck in its own mouth. I think that's It fantastic. is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's very impressive. That's very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a smart animal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Jess, you you're on, you feel like you're heating up. Do you want to thank a few of our great supporters? <laughs> I would love to thank from Croydon in Victoria, Matt Sparkman. Matt Sparkman, Incredible. I love that. Mm, what's the Sparkman? When I was a teenager, I went to a an underage, like a freezer event at a Croydon community hall or something. Yeah. Frankenbock played. Oh, why well, I remember seeing Frankenbock at a freezer event. Yeah, the Bock fucking rock. Oh, amazing. It's a great night. Um, Dave asks, what's the sparkiest Oh, sparkiest animal. animal. It's got to be electric eel. Yeah, electric eel. <laughs> yes. It's be. This is the eel. He speaks to eels. He's the eel man. <laughs> yeah. This eel will now <laughs> stomp out a number. <laughs> it looks like it's uh, flapping around, yeah. uh, desperate to get back in the water, <laughs> yeah. but no, this is it, it's it's communicating counting. with me. It, it is a strategic number <laughs> yeah. of flops. Oh, it stopped? That's not... Just because it stopped breathing. Absolutely no. not. No. And it can also, like, uh, Matt can also swallow the eel, and the eel can just know everything that Matt knows. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They that's, can transfer That's knowledge. fucking full on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great work, Matt. <laughs> no, that's too far, man. That's crazy. Well. What is he, a Spider-Man villain? <laughs> that's how uh, uh, Jamie Foxx's character Gets his electro power. Uh, he falls into a vat of electric eels. And swallows one of them. Swallows one of them, but it knows everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> it knows too much. Knows far too much. Knows his pin number. Oh, no. Actually, it would just be pin. It's not number, number. <laughs> yeah, but this animal is so smart, it knows his pin number. Yeah. Which we don't even know what that is. It's crazy. Um, so thank you to Matt Sparkman. Uh, I would also have to thank from Elkhart in Indiana. I-N? Yeah. I would love to thank... Fat Jimmy Joe. Fat with a PH. Fat with a PH, Jimmy Joe. Incredible name there. Fat Jimmy Joe. Uh, the animal that first comes to mind to me here is a Highland Coo. Oh, one of my them. other favourite animals. You know, yeah. Favourite like- international category. <laughs> We're talking favourite Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> For like two weeks of that tour, I thought you were just saying cow funny. Which I think is kind of probably where it comes yeah. from, right? But, but yeah, but that's what they call. They are so fucking cute. They're so fucking. Oh they're big. God, they're fluffy. They're beefy, they're fl- they got horns. They're furry. They're fluffy. Oh they're my horny. god. Yeah, love them. So cute. Love that. Um, and, and finally, for me, I'd love to thank from Endeavour Hills in Victoria, David Glue. David Glue. <laughs> that's David, fun to say. David, David Glue. Okay, what's the stickiest animal? <laughs> Is that a jellyfish? Are they sticky? No, they look like they should be, but they're probably, probably like not. a slug. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. God, I hate them. <laughs> that's so gross. It's probably stickier animals. But that's but that feels pretty sticky. Yeah, what's something that can? I guess like spiders and stuff are pretty sticky. Anything yeah. that can walk up walls yeah, must be that's pretty quite sticky. sticky. I'm googling stickiest animal. Wow, Is it's it gonna a be stick animal, insect? stick insect. <laughs> Geckos, in fact, have the stickiest feet of all living animals. Gecko, happy with that? Yeah, do it. And make it a gecko. That's great. Mind if I thank a few people? I would I would die for you to thank people. Please. <laughs> Just die, darling. I would like to thank from Denver, Colorado, Alicia or Alicia Beaton. Hmm. Oh, Alicia Beaton. I think I think Colorado. I don't know if this is right, but I think moose. Okay. Do you know how fucking big moose are? They're so big. They're I love huge. big animals. They're a truck, aren't they? They're massive. Crazy! If... What a crazy animal! What what's it? What can it do though? What's its what's its uh, smartness? Um, uh, uh, it can fly to the moon. Whoa! Really? Moon moose. The moon moose. Put on it, on command. Put it. Yeah. You're just like, hey, moose, go to the moon, <laughs> and it's like moose, <laughs> and off it goes. 
Moose. I'm a moose. Love it. Yeah. I'd pay to see that show. Me too. Colorado's moose population approaches 3,000 animals statewide. They got moose. They, they got, got 3,000. Is that a lot? I don't know. I, I don't know, but it sounds like it's growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool. But geez, they're so big. So Fantastic big. I saw a TikTok the other day. I'm pretty sure I saved it. I'll show you while, on our lunch break. Do you know what noise a moose makes? It's weird. Is it oh. moose, what it's you said? moose. No, that's this particular moon okay. moose. What's the, what's it make? Oh, it's like a it's a quite a creepy sound. Or it could have been that might be bullshit. I'll do some fact checking. Anyway, <laughs> okay. thanks some more people. I'd like to thank from Birmingham, a place that we have been not so long ago, Sophie Rodriguez. Sophie Rodriguez. Great name. Dolphin. Works with a very intelligent dolphin. Mm. Oh. Makes the other dolphins, uh, notably an intelligent animal, look like fucking idiots. Must be real smart. Yeah, it's really smart. Jeez, it's a smart dolphin. It's, it's like it's quite unpopular amongst its dolphin yeah, friends it makes because them look it's bad. too smart. But I mean, you know, like that's just where greatness comes from. It's a real tall yeah. poppy syndrome. Mm. Yeah, dolphins are bad. Tall yeah. poppy. I cut them down. But yeah, this shame. dolphin could actually fly to the moon. So bloody hell! <laughs> and Sophie, <laughs> how does Sophie utilize that? I was gonna. Well, it's charges admission for people to see a dolphin okay, fly. Yeah, yeah. I was say, how's it going to breathe up there? But how would the moose breathe up there? Yeah, come on, Dave. Great question. I don't. Did the moose go to the moon or just know about the moon? It flew to the moon. Flew to the moon. Oh, actually, it would be almost better in some way if the the one of the animals was like an expert on moon trivia. Like you'd <laughs> yeah. ask a question anything about yeah. the moon, the, the moose would know like how big it is. Yeah, where it is. Where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the moon? <laughs> How much cheese it's made out of? <laughs> Tap twice for up. <laughs> wow, that is a clever move. Yes. Does, the moon ex- does the moon exist? Yes or no? One for yes, <laughs> two for no. It knows. Wow. It doesn't stop tapping. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 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 it's really, it really yes, believes. Yes, it's really underlining <laughs> the yes. It really believes. What conviction oh from God. this moose. Yes, yes, the moon can do it. That's I believe in the moon too. That is so dumb. What's wrong with us? Hey, finally, I'd like to thank from Jefferson, Massachusetts. If I'm saying that correctly. Well, you're not, but it's close. It's Massachusetts. Thank you. Uh, Elizabeth McNulty is from Jefferson, Massachusetts. Nick Nolte. Is that a thing? <laughs> the animal Nick Nolte. <laughs> what animal does Nick Nolte make you think of? Uh, uh, a stonefish. Oh. Really? Okay. Stonefish, like Jared Rebecca's brother on Neighbours. Was nicknamed Stonefish. Really? Yeah. There was Toadfish and Stonefish. Toadfish and Tadpole. Who's oh Tadpole? The younger brother, I guess, or wow. the nephew or Just something. Just give them names. Where do they get their ideas? <laughs> so Nick Nolte reminds you of a Stonefish. Absolutely love that. And the Stonefish speaks to Elizabeth McNulty. Yep. And flies to the moon. <laughs> wow. They're getting a real crew up there. Good fun. Uh, am I thinking of the right person? Let me look up Nick Nolte. He oh, me. stonefishes are great. Yeah, I think I've nailed it. Yep, I'm really happy with that. Oh, I don't. I never knew what a stonefish was. They're awesome. Oh my goodness, I just looked it up too. Sorry. Did I not you know that? You've never been more right about anything Thank in your you. life. Wow. It's because I just, you know what, I answered with my gut and with my heart. 
Yeah. And I, I usually don't do that. I, I don't back myself. And this time I was like 100% stonefish. So thank you. I appreciate that. You're incredible. Thank you. Wow. Some of them are pretty full on looking. Yeah. So is Nick Nolte. So. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> Good on him. Uh, thank you so much to Elizabeth, Sophie, Alicia, David, Fat, Matt, Ryan, Rainer, and Kathleen. And finally... Uh, the last thing we like to do is welcome a few people into the Triptych Club. This week, there's three inductees. I'm standing on the door. The way this works is, I should say, if you sign up on the uh, shout-out level or above for three straight years, you get lifetime access to the Triptych Club. Now, <laughs> the way this works is I'm standing on the door. Bit of theory of the mind here. I've got a clipboard. <laughs> i got a list. It's got Can three names it? on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm about to lift the velvet rope. And once you hear your name read out, Please come on in. You'll find Dave up on stage with Jess. Absolutely. Dave's emceeing the event. Everyone who's already in the club is standing around uh, on the floor cheering for you. And Dave will say your name. He'll hype you up. He's your hype man. Thank you. The crowd will roar. uh, And that'll happen three times. Uh, and then there was an after party. Jess mm-hmm. will be behind the bar. What are, what are you serving tonight? Normally it's horse a piss. Horse piss. <laughs> now is that a literal horse piss? Or is that the name of a cocktail? Well, it's actually it's a bit of a Russian roulette situation. Okay. I have got ten glasses in front of me. Some contain horse piss. Okay, some, some, some. <laughs> some. I love that. It's not even can't even do the maths on it. <laughs> some. Okay. Yep, yep. It's because I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah. And others contain a delightful limoncello-based cocktail. Oh, that's worth the risk. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, Early on, you definitely try to make nice cocktails. Uh And at some point along the way... I said this one's a lovely limoncello-based cocktail. That's a very nice liqueur. You've got some chance of having a nice drink. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, yeah, you're right. And have you ever tried horse... I didn't mean to discount that. Have you tried horse piss? Don't discount that either. Okay, no, that's true. I have not. No, I don't even want to tell you about my hors (laughs) d'oeuvres. Let's just thank some people. Uh, Dave, you normally have a book, a band book for the after party. I'm very, very happy, actually. I've booked one of my all time favorite bands, Horse the Band. Wow. Horse the Band. Doing exclusively Daryl Braithwaite's horses. (laughs) Wow. And their their fantastic hit, Sex Raptor. Sex Raptor. Great track if you haven't heard it. One of my all time (laughs) favorites. Wow. Uh, all right, so if you're ready, let's induct these people into the Triptych Club. Firstly, from Falkland in Great Britain, it's Rebecca Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's about to hop Let's get up. even with Rebecca yeah. Stephen. That, that sounds menacing. Uh, next up from oh, yeah. San Diego in California in the United States, it's Leah Freel. Do you freel? Do you freel? Do you freel? Yeah. <laughs> It's a very open-ended question. And from La Puente in California in the United States, it's Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> Give me your hand, Abraham. Yeah. Abraham. Put it there. Abraham. Abraham. I just shook his hand. I shook his hand. <laughs> Welcome in. Make yourselves feel at home. Abraham, Leah, and Rebecca. Sorry, whatever Dave just did to you all there. but Have a cup of horse piss. <laughs> horse the band, ladies and gentlemen. People, this, this used to be a thing that people wanted to come to. They now- love the horse piss. Horse You're band- the only one who has an issue with the horse exactly, piss. Exactly, and horse the band are genuinely a great live band. Okay. You know what, Matt? Maybe you can wait outside while we all have fun. Well, that's, I am on the door out here. And so. stay out there. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it is. He's jealous. I'll bring it's you cold. a horse. I'll bring you a horse piss. Well, can I have a limoncello? Well, I don't know. Can you? 
That's what I want to know. It's exciting. Can you rig it for me? Nope. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything else we need to tell people, Bob? Uh, that they can uh, suggest a topic. There is a link in our show notes. It's also on our website, dogoonpod.com, where you can find uh, links to live shows. Um, see what we look like and buy <laughs> uh, merch over there as well. Um, and that we love you and never change, just like we will never change. Mm. Now, boot it. Put this baby home, Dave. Hey, we'll be back for the rest of 2023 with more beautiful episodes. But until next week, I'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Drink your piss. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.